It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. WA's Novated Leasing Specialist can save you thousands on your dream car. Fleetnetwork.com.au Right around Western Australia on SEN. It's Scotty and Goss for breakfast with Scott Cummings and Tim Gossage. Degrees, beautiful balmy start to the day. Heading for a top of 24, we may get a shower a little later. We are in the Toolkit Depot studio for the next two hours, thanks to Fleet Network. Scotty Cummings, very good morning. Oh, mate, very good morning to you in your shorts and polo shirt. Well, yesterday was 31, not today. Do not feel the cold. No, I don't. I don't. I... Not cold, though. It's a beautiful morning. Beautiful morning. Hey, for those who are unaware, but if you're going through the tunnel or even coming down Canning Highway, Greatest the Highway, there is a police operation taking place over sort of Crown Way where the tunnel and the Great Eastern Farm a freeway and all that sort of merger. You'll see all the signage. When you come through, there'll be big flashing <laughs> orange lights that says detour ahead. Where? I come through the tunnel. I didn't see those. Yesterday you did say that you don't see... I don't notice things. Or notice that, things. That aren't really important to see, me. See, I'm a noticer. Yeah, oh, I know. You notice when a sign's not on a, on a building. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's important. So if you are in that Canning Highway, Great Eastern Highway coming through the tunnel, you will get around the incident, but apparently there's police everywhere. Not exactly sure what it is. We'll try well, and track that down. They're not there after you. Like they, You didn't leave a mess in your wake or something like that, did you? I don't go that way. No, I'm just checking. I'm the other way. Is that? I didn't see these signs. I don't notice things, little things that only. Anyway, but make sure you're listening by you. to Tim Gossip after six thirty because uh, uh, I noticed something and I no. and I genuinely believe. I can't believe this. I genuinely believe <laughs> I may have assisted a, another media organisation. Won't say anything else. Well, that's what you do. You're a giver. I'm the king. I'm just going to leave it to after six thirty, but. In the paper... Any big announcements today? Mm, no, but i tell you what, wasn't that received beautifully? Yeah, not... absolutely received well. Mark Duffield joining us, 7th of November it starts, 8 till 10. So much love for a Monday, journo. Tuesday, Wednesday. Now, I don't know if anyone's been listening to Kane Corns, but he's been counting down his top 30 uh, journalists. Awesome. Um, right, and, you know, 29 of them are from Melbourne because that's the centre of the universe and that's apparently where all the news happens. Uh, I think Ryan Daniels got 13 or 12 and something. Yeah, he, did. he was in there. Yeah, yeah. And a good pump-up from Kano. Yep. Um, not exactly sure whether Mark Duffield has been included in that, but I think you'd find that Mark is easily in the top 30 journos in Australia. In fact, he'd be in the top 10. Um, but it'd be interesting to know whether Keynes had to do a bit of shuffling after the big announcement yesterday that Mark Duffield was joining SEN. <laughs> <laughs> and he's yeah. had to find a spot. Yeah, someone someone from a rival has been omitted late. <laughs> late scratching. Anyway, so uh, what we are doing today... And, do we and have that list or do we not care about it? That I, much? Well, I don't care about it. 
because I don't. Yeah, I like Kane, but a lot of stuff he comes out of his gobbler is not stuff that. Hey, I, no, but it doesn't resonate with me. I, I don't. I, I. He's a wonderful operator. Yeah. I, I'm a huge. I'd Kane rather Kane's fan. top thirty players because I know there's a list that comes out every year. Mike Sheen used to do it, mm. and now Robbo does it. Mm. I'd prefer Kane's. Thoughts on top 30 Me too, players. 100%. 100%. Hey, Kane Corns uh, had this on radio oh, yesterday. Kane today. No, well, he, he did say that um, he had this to say on SEN Breakfast yesterday with Gary Lyon about where the Eagles are at. I'm going to follow that up with something. Here we go. West Coast next. Why are they so passive? Can you imagine the last two years, if that was Essendon or St Kilda or Collingwood, how we would be talking about West Coast? I... I'm strong on them as well. I believe they're 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 in denial. Um, you know, they put their hand up for Luke Jackson. They had no chance of getting Luke Jackson. Can you imagine West Coast four years ago being zero chance to get yeah. Luke Jackson? They presented to him. They sat him down mid year, and Luke's gone. No, I'm going to Fremantle. This is the marquee free agent on the market, West Australian boy, and he's gone for Fremantle over West Coast. Um, they're they're really sensitive and talking about standards. They have allowed their players to get away with far too much, and they continue to deny that. Um, they play a boring game style. They have uh, gifted contracts to players who don't deserve them, and I don't see an easy way out for them because they have neglected the talent in the draft. So, how does it's a premiership a, coach? I don't how does know. A premiership, if you, what you're saying is right, how would he be accepting of non-satisfactory standards? I don't know, but all you can do is look at it and you can look at the way that the players present themselves. Yes, there's some luck with injuries, but there's also a fair amount of preparation. You continually get injured. you got to look at your preparation of the players and how you've prepared them. So I think there's some responsibility on Adam. Now, they would use the COVID stuff as an excuse, which for a brief period was, was probably fair on the travel, but... Um, yeah, the one thing they need to get back to is being an elite football club and an elite environment, and I don't think they've had that. Thoughts? Um, well, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting one because his, his comments and his opinions are from afar. They're a long way away. Oh, we, we live here. We're next door. But I don't know what happens inside the four walls of is West that, Coast that, and, the, I, and the drivers that Adam Simpson so uh, puts in. So is that our – are we too close to the action, though? No. Nah. Okay. Well, I'm – well, I don't think so, because you and I will always say what we think, um, and whether it needs to be said, if it has to be said, then we'll say it. But uh, this year... Has it been a bigger, a bigger underachieving football club than Port Adelaide? Uh, won one flag in uh, was that 25 years. Um, yeah. Yeah, there has. <laughs> But I'm, I'm putting. Well, I'm putting. Well, that, well, that's Fremantle. I'm putting Kane in his own backyard with a club that he was a fantastic player oh, no. for. And, and Kane, if you don't, if you have more than two percent body fat, you don't care, and you're unprofessional, according to Kane. Like he's run around in the shower to get wet. <laughs> so, like, the thing about Kane, and where I disagree with him, is, is on, on a number of things, is that. He, he believes there's only one way to prepare for footy. There's only one way to get the best way out of yourself. And and the the best leaders in the world and the and the best coaches, the best managers at work and that sort of stuff will understand that different things make different people tick and they all need their different ways to get the best out of themselves. Simple as that. I, I think with the thing with West Coast is that, and what I've probably realised more this year than, than ever before, is that they don't... <laughs> this comes from a conversation I had very recently, I won't say who, but they don't react 
to stories or they don't react and, and feel they need to justify themselves in any way, shape or form. They know what they're doing. They're confident in what they're doing and they just get on with their business. So they don't defend themselves in any way or they don't feel the need to defend themselves in any way, shape or form. This year is a, a really is a big year. We'll, we'll know, sorry, next season is a massive season for West Coast in the fact that everything that happened this year and the lead up to their pre-season, because you can't, you, if you don't get your pre-season in, you, you can't pick it up during the year. What you need is you need a big pre-season, a solid pre-season, and then you get your match fitness, which is two different things. But this next season is massive for them because all year we know the players that they've had out of their side. Those players should come back. Chesser should play. Oscar Allen's important. Sheed's important. Those players come back in and then we'll see if they've made the right decisions with their list or if they haven't. Then at the end of next season, if they're where they are now, then criticism has to come and it will come. But they're backing themselves in at the moment. And I've got no no problem with that. I still believe they should have gone a little harder with a couple of the older players. I said that a few weeks ago. But uh, next season is where everything's off the table, no excuses, let's see. You know, they've got to get they this. are going to the draft with kids who are not That's expected right. to make a difference and they're going for two more years. In but they've got players to come into the side that will make a difference. There's no doubt about that. And obviously losing JK is huge on and off the field, what he brings to the club and what he brings to the, the team itself on, on match day. But they've got players that can come in and play a, a role, will play a different role. I don't think they'll be as heavily focused on their two key big men next year. But let's just sit tight and wait and see. As far as the standards that that Kane is referring to, mm-hmm. I couldn't tell you. Okay, I'm going to run so a couple. Don't of, know. I'm going to run a couple of facts through the uh, the fact finder machine. Ken Hinckley's win coaching record, percentage coaching record, including finals, is 58.74 from 126 games. Adam Simpson from 109 games is 57.39. So separated by... With a premiership. 1.4% of win-loss percentage. Yep. There is a finals record at West Coast in 109 games, 12 finals for West Coast in 126 games. So 17 more games. Ken Hinckley's been in charge of Port Adelaide. And they've only played 10 finals. And they've got a 50-50 split. Five wins, five losses. West Coast, Adam Simpson, seven and five. And the difference being West Coast have won a flag. Mm. Who's doing it well? Well, you look at the number, the number, and Kane is a numbers man. He goes, I can only see what I see. And he looks at numbers and he analyzes all of that. So the simple answer is that West Coast and Adam Simpson are doing it better than Port Adelaide and Ken Hinckley. Yesterday, I noticed, and I don't know whether this was planned or whatever it is, but the West Coast uh, had a, a running session up hills and down dales yeah. yesterday, and Nick Nat was doing some work as well. He was going backwards. He was going backwards up the hill. Uh, some hard running. I noticed there was some photos on social media of uh, Jack Darling and Elliot Yo doing some pre-season work, and they both looked in Elliot Yo's another one. Incredible condition. Uh, and noticed uh, Zach Langdon in the gym doing legs, and he posted on social media, and he's one, one built footballer and needs to, to be better and needs to have better skills to make it in the AFL, well, I would imagine. He West posted, posted on socials his leg session. Leg session. And let me tell you, Come on, fellas. what I'm saying is maybe that is a public push 
to the to the fans and the members that if you're doing something, how about we get it out there to just set the record straight that we are working hard in the preseason? Um, I'd probably disagree with that. I would think that that's this day and age where players and people feel the need to publish leg sessions and. Mm-hmm. I'm in the gym. Look at me. Anyway, so that's, that's Kane Corns. Do you have an opinion on Kane Corns? 13, 12, 55, Tookie Depot oh, open line. Well, that's an open question. Zero four eight seven seven three six seven three six. My point there is I, I love Kane. I think Kane is just... Hey, Kane is a really good good bloke. There's no doubt about that, Goss. We disagree with his opinions. And I, I'm just... I'm just... I worry where Adam Simpson's being put to the torch by Kane based on last year in particular... Um, and it just seems, as you say, you started off perfectly by saying he's he's having this opinion from afar. Um, Port Adelaide, for me, have been one big disappointment. So their rebuild is 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 done. They did their rebuild and they got their kids. They got Dersma, they got Rosie, they got Butters, yeah. they're Marshall, Georgiatis. Yeah. Absolute beauty. But they better hurry up hmm. because Gray's gone, Boke's coming to the end, Wines, Charlie Dixon has promised plenty. Promised plenty, but has he ever delivered? That big and mobile. So I would be concerned to be Port Adelaide. So Port Adelaide go and get Junior Rioli. Okay, they've got Junior Rioli. Yep. And the other big name recruit, which name escapes me, but uh, they said it's a game changer. Horn Francis. Yep, Horn Francis, correct. So let me just say this. If Port Adelaide don't finish top four now, top four, and if not contend for a genuine flag, so top four gets him into a prelim, you would almost hope or expect Kane Corns to come hard at them as a football club. Yeah. And, and and that's across the board. Had his opportunities to this year, I believe. Yep. And didn't take them. So we'll find out whether Kane is fair and reasonable. And I, and I think he will be because that's he's always. He, I don't he ever. Pull any punches. No, he doesn't. And that's what I like about. I reason he has pulled punches on Port Adelaide this, this Do season. Do you think so? And you're gone. a Port Adelaide Absolute. great. Well, that's the first league goal here. Inaugural member. Um, Did you play with Kane? No, no. Had you retired before Kane started? No, I hadn't retired. I'd oh, you'd been <laughs> given right. the ass. Yeah, thanks for that. Sorry about that. That's a real leveler. That one wasn't it? <laughs> brought me back down. So I'm being serious. I'm going to leave it there. You reckon Kane and I would have gone on well as teammates? I reckon we we went about our footy differently. Yep. That boy. He would have he run played, through the drive-through. He played three hundred. <laughs> <laughs> he would have run through the drive-through, snatched the bag as they were giving it to me, and taken off. Thirteen, twelve, fifty-five. Tookie Depot open line. If you've got an opinion on uh, Kane Corns' assessment of West Coast, but I, I've, I've flipped it around because I'm just thinking he can have a. And the thing is, he's assessing assessing the whole competition. And that's what his brief was to do with Gary. But my attitude, I didn't hear what he said about Port Adelaide. If we could track down what he said about Port Adelaide, I'd love to hear what he said. And my my value there is from an outsider looking across back across the border. They have been the big disappointment with what they've had at their disposal. Ken Hinckley's been heralded as the great coach. He hasn't won a flag with them. He's had more opportunities to win flags at Port Adelaide than what Adam Simpson has. And they've been disappointing. And making grand finals and making yeah. preliminary finals isn't measure, isn't success measured. But it's good winning flags. It's good because the chairman of Port Adelaide has three years in a row said something has to change. And if it doesn't change, we'll get a new coach. Twinkles, Three or four years in a row, I think he said that. Twinkle says, I caught up with Rhett Bazo and Campbell Chesser the other day for Rhett's birthday, even though I hate the Eagles. Oh. Uh, watch these two boys this year, says Twinkles. Well, Rhett Bazo's a beauty, um, a big fan, and I think he's going to be a cracker for a long, long time. Campbell Chesser, I have no idea, and look forward to seeing him get fit and get a run.
Scotty and Goss in the Toolkit Depot studio. Thanks to Fleet Network, Frank Agostino and the crew. And just repeating the news, if you haven't heard, Mark Duffield joins us second week of November starting between 8 and 10 and then Monday Tuesday and Wednesday, and he's also doing inspiring sports stories. Not exactly busy, was not he? Starting next week. Temper at Bedshed. Having made after 37 years, you'd want a break. For, speaking of the break. 37 years. Yeah, at the West. Uh, after 6.30. He's had a break. Tim Gossip and how we have been breaking news with Tim No, Wilson. no, not we. You. This is all you, mate. Bedshed hey, are hey, the experts hey. in temper mattresses, pillows and bases. At the risk of inserting you a little further. Uh, Gosslotto? Have you mentioned that? Oh, I haven't mentioned it, but we will be doing Goss Lotto standby to enter right, the Goss Lotto $100 million. 100 bricks. And I have the ticket Ooh. and I have the numbers. Oh, you've got it already? I have got the numbers and I've got the ticket. That's just around the corner. <laughs> Don't ring or text yet, but if you want to be in our draw, we've got 26 spots up for grabs because I'm allowing the team in. A lot of man. Scott. So excited. Chris and Justin. I think we finally... Connected now, you and I. What do you think? You hadn't let me in before. Yeah, I, I really feel like I, I went out yesterday going, we've made it. We've made that final bond. We're like Avatar now. How the tail goes into the. Nah, yeah, it's a movie. <laughs> the boys get me. Yeah, sorry about that. Stand by to ring. I feel like and our tails are connected now. Get involved with Goss Lotto. 20 past six. Big Tim Gossip coming on. How I saved another media outlet. <laughs> events and some of the great moments in history. It's on this day. October 20 is the date. Happy birthday if you're celebrating a birthday with lots of famous people and events. William Christopher, he was born on this day in 1932. Played Father Mulcahy in Nash. Ah, there you go. 72 and 83. Wanda Jackson's 85. Wanda. Some people like to Today, let's, uh, let's have a party from 1960. Okay. Uh, so, so start. Uh, it'll crank up right here. Okay. Born on this day in 1950. Oh. Yeah. Tom Petty. Passed away at the age of 66, but was born on this day. Didn't just have that one. Also, had, oh, that was from 1990. He had another one in 1990. This one. Yes, love a bit of Tom Petty. Back down. Born on this day in 1950, Tom Petty. Uh, the, the Walters brothers, Kerrod and Kevin, born on this day 55 years ago. So too, another rugby league star, 53 today, Laurie Daly. Daly, got the finger on the outside, now linking up with Kerry. He throws the dummy, he's going to have support, is he on the inside? No. Daly's over the halfway mark and still going over the head and picked up. 
absolute legend, Laurie Daly, of yeah. course, New South Wales and Kangaroos Test Captain on seven occasions and doing good things in the media landscape as well. Uh, are you a fan of this young lady? Yes, I am. Like, <laughs> huge. Yeah, me too. Met her once. Well, I met her a couple of times. First time I met her. Couldn't get a word out. I was like, <laughs> Had a bit of work, you yeah. I think she's gorgeous. Yeah, and me too. I think she's she's just stunning. A really cool chick as Danielle well. Danielle Minogue is yeah. 51 today. She's on the podium for mine. Denise is 44 today. Oh. Out. So that's Denise. Oh, they keep going. They put you in good mood. Don't do that. So Denise is Hungarian, right? Right. Born on this day, October 20. That's why we're doing this segment. And was the youngest member of the Venga Boys. Mm. Denise. Yeah. That's just one namer? Just a one namer. Venga Boys, her name's Denise. Mm. Do you not see where I'm coming from? I, I, I see where you're coming from. I'm just too scared to touch it. That's all. I just not going anywhere near. I don't know. It's very confusing these days. Mitch Marsh, the great West Aussie cricketer, is celebrating a birthday. Mitchie, the Bison, 31. Oh, there's another one. That's a 7-6 for Mitch Marsh. Wow. This is a massive display of power hitting. Almost impossible to bowl to. And 31 and part of the World T20 Cup. You hear it all here on SEN. Champion, legend. Hey, we played this. Harry Belafonte recorded a couple of songs on this day in 1950. I've got to read my own writing here. 55. This is one of the all-time greats. It'll take a while to get to the chorus, but you're going to love it. Here's Harry B. Six foot, seven Harry Belafonte. Leonard Skinner band members Ronnie Van Zandt and Steve and Cassie Gaines were killed on this day in 1977 in a plane crash. In 1986 on this day, John Farnham's album Whispering Jack was released. I love air drumming to this. Do you see me? Yeah. What are you doing? I'm drumming. It's good drumming stuff. Yeah. It just stands the test of time, all John Farnham stuff. Hope he's going well. Yeah, we do need him to go well. Absolute legend. And Brian Adams on this day, 1991. It's a massive day, October 30. But in 1991, this song had remained in the charts for a record 16th week. We go to a break. Thanks to Maccas. Try the best ever McCafe blend roasted in Melbourne with a bit of Brian Adams. This is on this day, October 20. Yeah. I like it. 
Crossfade music over the back of the uh, news. Yeah. Good. That should be done. Slick. Yeah. Nice work out song. there. Let yeah. this permeate yourself. Yeah. Time for a sports update. Oh, no, I guess not. That'll kill the mood. Chris Clafurnas is in the studio with a sport update. Good morning. Perth Wildcats captain Jesse Wagstaff is free to play against the Tassie hey. Jack Jumpers. You beauty. He was cleared of an unduly rough play at the NBL Tribunal yesterday. He will join us in about 10 minutes' time or it's so. Not Bryce Cotton. You know what I mean? Like, you know, if it was Bryce Cotton, I'd probably. Get way more excited. Yeah, right. <laughs> but it's, it's the skipper. And he's been on fire this season. He's had a he's good been year. Massive. He's had a good year. He's, my fa- he's one of my favourites. For an old fella. He's doing good, <laughs> doing good stuff. He's not picking up the phone. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he wouldn't know where SEN is on the dial. Yeah, he would. Not at this time of day. Lots of cricket news. He's on his payslip every week. <laughs> Going around the place. Uh, on the women's side of things, Alyssa Healy is Australia's new women's vice captain, filling the role left vacant following Rachel Haynes' retirement from international cricket last month. On the men's side of things, Josh Inglis has suffered a bizarre mishap oh, on the yeah. golf course. Left him hospitalised three days out from Australia's Did World it? Cup opener. Did he? Yeah. He was left with a severely cut hand. Sure. After the handle of the club he was swinging yep. snapped upon impact okay. while he was playing golf. Okay. The New South Wales Golf Club. Why are you disputing this? Are you thinking it's more of a bit of a Jordan Degoe dog fight no, situation? No, What's going no, on no, here? No, what are these no, allegations no, no, from no, you? No, 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 no. You're sounding no, no. very sceptical. He's, he's, no, he's, no, he's no. duck hooked one and sna- and smashed his club no, in the ground and no. snapped it. No, I'm not, I'm not having a go at well, anything. What's all that about then? Well, I'm just sort of saying, where's Cam Green in all of this? Well, he's been mooted as a possible replacement. Okay, That's go ahead. Not a wicketkeeper. And the WA Victoria game continues on. Yep. Vic, four for 446. Oh, so the pitch hasn't broken up like Bangers was hoping. Feels like it's a little bit of a road. Looks like it's a bit of a road. Pet Hanscom's on 174, yep. not out. And in the Premier League overnight, we saw plenty of big results. Liverpool beat West Ham 1-0. Uh, Manchester United beat Tottenham 2-0. Interesting story in this one. Cristiano Ronaldo, he walked off yeah. down the tunnel before yeah. the end of the game. Former Premier League footballer Danny Mills spoke on Sky Sports uh, after to the game as he walked off down the tunnel, Cristiano Ronaldo, uh, in the 89th minute. He wasn't happy with Ronaldo. If, if he's done that, it's an absolute disgrace. That poor, that I, I think that's disrespectful to the team, yeah. to the manager, to the fans. They're winning 2-0. What, what, what complaint can he have within this? If they were losing 2-0, it still wouldn't be right, but I would sort of understand it. He clearly thinks he's bigger than the football well, that club. That simplifies what he is, doesn't it? Uh, no, I, I think <laughs> that, that's absolutely disgraceful. His time done is that he's trying to say that this is me. I'm, I'm, I'm done now, you know. I'll be out of there, they reckon. Uh, just the most petulant, yep. pampered prima donnas in the world, the, the most elite. Can we ring his grandparents, please, boys. and get them on the show? I'll get them on. Get them in the studio. Okay. They live down in Spearwood. Yeah. yeah. And you know what? And clearly, he's a tight ass as well. Yeah, come on. What, you got a problem with Spearwood? Ah, well, you know, if I was worth eight gazillion dollars, I'd, I'd buy him a, something with a view, with the water. Just yeah. saying. Couldn't agree more. It's postcodist, mate. No, I'm coming from you. Coming from you. That's the longest sport update out. You said keep us succinct because we've got more important matters like Tim Gossip. Do you want West to go to the Indies Hotel Zimbabwe on the weekend? In the World Gossip? Cup yesterday. What did you say? Do you want to go to the Calamunda Hotel on the weekend? I'll pick <laughs> you up. I'll pick you up and take you. Where's Calamunda? Says Gossip. Exactly right. Why not?
Do you like Kalamata? <laughs> Rightio, time for Tim Gossip. And yeah, I'll just wrap up your segment real quickly. October 4 was the very first Tim Gossip. Was it? This is uh, what was beautiful said. Times. A Sandover medalist could be on the move in the WAFL. A Sandover medalist could end up playing at the ground where he lives. Playing at the ground where he lives? What? Leave well, it with no, you. So that'll be, that'll be a Claremont bloke then who lives around the Oval. We'll leave that with you. All over that was October 4. Yeah. Today in the West Australian newspaper. Where? Online yesterday, the West Sport article said no. Sam Fisher could be on the move. Wow. Claremont. Huge. Yep, yep. So thank you. You heard it first on the King. The ground. I won't allow that to happen. I will pick him up for training each day. And, and take they also him out to announced Bathay. that uh, they've recruited a couple of Eastern Staters, including uh, Taya Miles and the boy from uh, the Sydney Swans. Uh, as they've well. done really well. So um, Tim Gossip broke that news. Well done to Tim Gossip. Don't see. <laughs> 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 hey, 6.38. Hey, now may I just make mention. Um, also, just while we're on that, half a pager on uh, our man Hayden Barron. The Red. Uh, the West have picked up on him and gone, he sounds all right, this fella. Now, gentlemen. The Red. This is, uh, this is Tim Gossip can, uh, can let you know that pick up the back page of the West Australian yep. and look at the right column. Yeah. And read out the second There's a one. Fridge for some. Can we just do this? The second one, please. No, no. The back page, have you had it? The second column down the side, the column down the side, the second one which says the headline says West, the best for hockey. Yeah. And what does it say underneath that? Rick. Rick. How do you spell Rick? R I C. Okay. So put it this way. He's Last night, gone. Tim Gossip was just toddling off to have a bit of a uh, sleep, a bit of a sleepy bobo. And um, as he turned out, he contacted the said West Australian newspaper because if you have a look at the first edition of the paper, how do they spell Rick? Oh, there's an R-I-C-K. In the US. You know, okay in there. So Tim Gossip got in touch with those at, editor the, at the West Australian. Got in touch with the boys at the West and said, before the paper comes out, you might want to make a change because uh, Sporting Royalty doesn't spell his name R I C K. They were grateful. They thanked Tim Gossip. Mr. Gossip. <laughs> but then I went <laughs> to get my paper today. Yeah. And it was laid out because they were fixing the problem. Oh, no. And I didn't get the paper. <laughs> you cooked yourself. I cooked myself for the sake of a K. Anyway, so there were those. For those who don't believe me, the West, uh, the best for hockey, R-I-C-K, but that's Rick Charlesworth. Mr. Charlesworth would never His spell quote is, uh, Western Australia is still part of Australia, the last time I checked. Well, Rick, for the last couple of years, you haven't been. That's hijacking my wow. Tim Gossip said. <laughs> it's 20 to 7. Jesse Wagstaff's going to join us next. Yeah. Wildcats veteran. Oh, that you, you don't really care that much no, that no, he got off. I'm a fan, but it's not Bryce know. Cotton. No, but on this day, Tim Gossip and now Goss Lotto, it's starting to sound like the Goss and Scotty Breakfast Show on the King. Yeah, three no, segments in a row. There's a, let me just say, there's a three-man meeting taking place today. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if you want to do Goss Lotto, $100 million, I've got the ticket. Oh, God. I have got the ticket. I bought it yesterday. I purchased it yesterday. Did you just, and let me clarify, did you just buy one ticket? One ticket. 
One ticket only. You haven't got a little sneaky one nope. stashed aside Systems eight. you. Systems 8. So guaranteed the power ball, the power yes. pick. Yes. So we're guaranteed of getting the, the numbers. Uh, so if you want to join in, you've got to ring now. And you've got to ring with your name and suburb. 13 12 55. Ring the Toolkit Depot open line phone number. 13 12 55. <laughs> ring now. 26 spots up for grabs. 26 $100 million. Anything more than 1000 and you get your share. Jonesy's just text, hey boys, I have to pour mud. Can I please be in Gosselotto, Jonesy, but not Turtle. Well, Twinkle <laughs> says he's just about to start work. Are you taking names for Gosselotto? We are Twinkles. Give us a call, 13 12 <laughs> Wildcats captain is on the line. Cheering up the car. Yeah. Here we come. Oh, no. Oh, justice has Oh, well, this was this was just horrific. Wasting his time. He should invoice the NBL for his time. <laughs> Dragging through the mud, they did. The captain of the Wildcats. That is Jesse Wagstaff. Free to play against the Jack Jumpers after a tribunal, a huge tribunal sitting of one, a uh, single-member tribunal, found him not guilty. Wow, you must be breathing easy. Yeah, g'day, guys. Any, before we go, any chance of getting in, Goss Lotto? Yeah, yeah, you're in. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, Wags Thank in. You. Thank you. Jesse oh, from Peppermint Grove is in. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. 25 spots left. There we are. Yeah, there we go. Mate, hey, what, good your, mood, mate. Yeah, look, uh, I'm, I'm obviously happy with the tribunal's decision. I think, um, yeah, I was always contending that it, it wasn't unduly rough play and it wasn't unacceptable. It wasn't unsportsmanlike. It was... It was certainly unfortunate, and I, and I feel for Lockie Barker. Um, obviously, he had to sit out a couple of games and, and felt pretty cook after, but, um, you know, I don't think it was, was unduly rough play, and I, I kind of always said that. He's got a screen, and you're standing still. Um, I'm surprised they got this far in the first place. Is it a message, you think, that they're trying to send, Jess? Yeah, look, I, look, I, I hold no malice towards the NBL. I think they they were probably trying to do the right thing, and they saw a concussion, which has been pretty rare in the in the NBL over the last, or well, at least since I've been in the league for the last, you know, decade and a half, um, especially in recent years with, you know, concussion getting more of the spotlight. Um, you know, they're obviously trying to protect the players, and as I said, I think it was, it was more unfortunate than you know any malice or unduly rough play. How, how much responsibility, though, Jesse, is on on the opponents? You've got to have an awareness around you. Or basketball, you have to have an awareness, a 360-degree awareness of what's going on. Surely a player like that is expecting, uh, you know, Bryce Cotton's teammates to protect him. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, you could, you could argue that too. Um, I'm going to. You know, <laughs> you are gonna, there we are. <laughs> no, nah, look, I mean, you know, contact is a, is a part of our game and, as I said, you don't want to see someone hit high, but um, often it happens. You know, in the same game, LT got hit high and, and had to get some stitches in his face. It's a it's a physical game. It's, I'm not saying it's like footy, but it's you know it is a physical game sometimes, and um, these things happen. Bryce Cotton made a comment yesterday. He was concerned about the the clarity in which games were being officiated, saying too many fouls are being ignored during games. And I quote: "I feel if I guarded a player the way I'm guarded, I would foul out in the first half." Is that the general consensus? Yeah, look, I'm not sure how much you can comment on the refs these days. Um, you know, I will say that I think Bryce is probably one of the most heavily guarded guys in the league, obviously. I mean, he's the leading scorer. Um, you know, I think he's, you know, obviously the, the MVP and not the rating MVP, but he's, he's he's certainly probably one of the best players in the league. So, you know, teams are going to give a lot of attention to him. Um, you know, he, he's that good. So, 
Um, uh, you know, he feels that way, but I'm not sure um, how much we're allowed to comment, to be no, honest, without say, financial no, repercussions. I, I, I wouldn't, because SEN don't have a huge budget for that type of stuff, yeah, mate. But, so man, but he's in, he's in Goslotto now, and I've got a real good feeling about this one. I'd tee off. <laughs> Double down, there we go. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, really whack him. Hey, Jesse Wagstaff, our guest, Perth Wildcats captain, he's clear to play the jack jumpers. Hey, a lot of bad judges wrote off the jack jumpers. <laughs> Did they? And said that we're going to have oh, a full... Stinker. I think you said they'll have a stinker. I did. And they barely win a game. Well, I didn't say that, but I'll tell you I what they have done. They have been enormous since a tardy start under Scott Roth. You know, Scott, Jesse, are you surprised that they've been able to produce these performances on the road? They have been enormous. And when you look at their list, it's nice, but it's not star-studded. Yeah, look, I, I give the Jack Jumpers a lot of respect. You know, I know pretty much all their coaching staff. I know a lot of their players. Um, I know how the, how they go about their business, and um, they deserve a lot of respect. They get after it. Um, they play hard, which which in this league is is a lot of the battle. You, you play the right way, and you tend to get rewarded. Um, you know, they're no nonsense. They get after it. They got a good import cast. Um, good local cast and obviously Scott and, and Jacob and Mark Radford have got them coached really well so you know we have a lot of respect for the Jack Jumpers and the way they play and um, you know if you do disrespect them you can get burned We half joked last week Jesse about uh, you know, beware the wounded United but uh, uh, how's, the, how's the feeling around the Wildcats camp and did that one sting last week uh, and, and what's the response going to be? Yeah, it certainly did, and I, I 100% agree with you there. You know, a wounded team is often a dangerous team, and, and Melbourne United got, um, you know, pretty drummed up against Sydney in the home court. Um, you know, we always knew they were going to respond, um, the, the team they are, um, and they did. Um, and I don't think we were, we were too ready for it, but, um, you know, we're kind of in a similar situation this week. We, we're coming off a loss, and in the past we generally respond well in a loss, but, but we'll see. We Obviously the first loss of the season, so we'll, we'll see how we respond away. Any sign of Tayshawn Thomas, mate? Uh, has he had his leg connected back onto his body? Is he right to go? No, he was on the, he was on the practice call yesterday um, running around, so he looked good. Um, you know, it's above my pay grade if we'll play or not, but he was looking good <laughs> yesterday, so hopefully he will. Had a couple of guys missing, though. Uh, Travers and Norton, both unwell but expected to travel. Yeah, yeah, I assume they're, they're ready to travel. I just think they need a day off. But um, no, no, they'll, I think they'll just be crook and they should be back today and, and ready to roll. Young blokes. They're, oh, yeah, you were potting yeah. Jesse early, but the young blokes, mate, they're the ones you've got to carry, Jesse. Anyway, hey, so... No, they don't make them like they used no, to. They no, they don't, Mr Wagstaff, they do not. <laughs> hey, mate, big game for them Saturday against the Tassie Jack Jumpers, and, of course, we're looking forward to your boys getting home. Well done and getting cleared. It would have been just a, a painful oh, couple of days. Ridiculous. Ahead of uh, yesterday's tribunal. Good to have you clear, mate, and uh, go down, go well and play uh, and get back on the winner's circle for the Perth Wildcats. Thanks, guys. Can't wait to spend the winnings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll, uh, well, you don't call us; we'll call you. He's a yeah, we'll yeah. be. He's only one bloke who loves money more than you, and his name is Damien Martin. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he's not coming in the syndicate. No, he's not. Uh, Jesse Wagstaff joining us from the Perth Wildcats. Uh, great news. Clear to play, courtesy of the NBL Tribunal. And don't forget, if you want to buy One. tickets to the Wildcats, head to ticketech.com.au. Now, hey, the numbers are building up beautifully to get out uh, syndicate. 26. Now, Mark from Les Murdy. Wait, 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 what? What? Yeah. what? what? For what? the first time, Mark from Les Murdy has called in. And our list is... When you get him on? Roy, who's a regular, of course. Hi, Roy. Serves a... Jesse Wagstaff. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. Dan from June Love. These are all the... You can still call 13 12 55. 
Roy from uh, Temple Stowe over there in Melbourne listening on the app. Jesse Wagstaff. Can't believe we let him in. Oh. Dan from Joondalup. Gary from Mundaring. Harlem from Greenwood. David from Burswood. Larry from Scarborough. Scott from Bell Bayswater. Mike from Pally. Xavier from Canningvale. Benno from Bayswater. Brennan from Lansdale. Square from Inglewood. And Mark from Les Moody. Yes, Mark. Welcome aboard. Where's he been, though? I've been saying someone from Les Moody is listening. Call in. Oh, but now we're offering him 100 million. Oh, I don't care. He's from Les Moody. Good on you, Mark. Welcome aboard, pal. Nice work. Hey, just a reminder, too, last night, uh, congratulations to our Aussie Diamonds. They beat the uh, Silver Ferns. Yeah. 62-47. They didn't beat them. John Kane Arena. Packed out, it was. It was. Uh, we're going to get a short break away, get some coffee, because we certainly need one. Try McCafe's new blend. It's coffee fit for an Aussie. Mark Stewart's going to join us from the Eastern Mantle Football Club. Tim Gossip threw that out there yesterday about the missing chair. The prez. So the Prez of Eastern Mantle is going to join us. Matt Brooks, because we know that Ben Simmons is about to tip off for the Brooklyn Nets. Is and, he? And Garrick Ibbotson will join us in the studio after seven. Because I've laid down the challenge to yourself, Anybo. The delisted players who have been delisted off clubs since the end of 2022. Yes. I want you to tell me, and we're going to cherry pick a few, where they find homes or do they find homes and which club should pursue the delisted players. Mm-hmm. We'll have that after 7.30. You can join in as well. Love homework. 13, 12, 55. The phone lines are in meltdown. If you don't get through the first time, that means they're engaged. I know. It doesn't happen often, but all of our phone <laughs> lines are engaged. Uh, little special guy. He's frantic out there. I know. He's, he's working. I'll go out and get the ticket, and I'll come back in with the numbers. 13, 12, 55. Scotty and Goss, good morning. Bar seven, Powerball tonight is worth $100 million, and I have the winning ticket in my hand, which is just quite amazing that they've given it to me. But they have. Yeah. It's a power pick, so we're guaranteed the Powerball, which is the game changer. You yeah. can't win it without the Powerball. No. And uh, I'm going to go through the numbers briefly, but I'm going to add the names. Mully from Millbridge, who listens down on the app. Hey, Darren Mully. from Subiaco. John of Woodvale. Ryan from Australind, listening on the app. John from Ridgewood. Ryan from Banksia Grove, Gatty from Ellenbrook, Pete from East Vic Park, Anthony from Meriden, Travis from Averley. Oh, wow. And Lisa also from Ellenbrook. And there's one spot left. Oh. Only one. Just Only one spot. Should we give it to Damo? Nope. <laughs> ah. He's no, a rival, rival show, mate. <laughs> rival show? It's a, it's a brother show. Our numbers are one, oh, yep, seven, mm-hmm. ten, yeah, seventeen. Bluey McKenna. Thirty-one. Okay, there's no pattern here. Thirty-three. Okay. Thirty-five. Oh, there's a little pattern there. Or thirty-one, thirty-three, thirty-five. Yep. I don't mind a pattern. Okay, so no running numbers, but a small pattern at the end. One, seven, ten, seventeen, thirty-one, thirty-three, thirty-five. We have got the power ball. One spot left. Good luck to us. 55. Hey, yesterday on Tim Gossip, I talked about the chair, the president's chair that's gone missing from the Ishmael Football Club. Yeah, which means a hell of a lot to the footy club. No doubt. And we put some out on socials, and I put it out on Facebook last night, over 100 years of age. Mark Stewart is the president of the Ishmael Football Club. He he joins us, a man who's probably sat on that chair many, many times. Stewie, appreciate your time. Um, The search continues. Good morning. Good morning, gentlemen. The search does continue. Um, It's quite disappointing. You're talking about something that goes back to the 
early 1920s. Um, we've had a history committee um, with Steve Waller and Bob Utenbrook and a whole stack of people getting together the history of the club. And some sometime during the audit, um, it's got up and walked out. So can you trace back it leaving the club? Oh, it's in the last two in the last two to three weeks. Um, it got brought to my attention probably two weeks ago, um, and we've been tracing back. Um, some some stuff's gone into storage as we're getting ready for our redevelopment, so we check that to see whether it's in there and, and it's not there. So we had a colour code system where where things were put into different categories, and that was certainly in the category to keep. And uh, somewhere uh, in between the comings and goings, someone's grabbed it. It's a pretty big chair. It's not that easy to grab. Um, so you'd expect probably two people would have to, to walk oh. out with it. Do you think this is malicious? Mark, or do you just think someone's gone, oh, that's awesome, I'm going to grab that as a, as a bit of a keepsake? Yeah, you'd hope it's not. But the thing is, it's got EFFC in it. So unless you're going to hide it, what's the use of having a chair that you're going to hide and you can't show anyone? So sooner or later, it's going to pop up. Um, and I suppose I would urge or encourage that if someone does have it and they're unsure... Give me a call or drop it off to my office, no names, and we'll just put it back in the club and get on with it. Yeah, you get a big truck uh, with a couple of mates because it's a big chair. Yeah. And it's, I, I think someone's just accidentally just gone, oh, this is awesome. Let's have And everything's up for grabs here and, and taking this. I think it's just an hmm. innocent mistake. We've just got to find that person. Exactly. And as I said, if they uh, want to discreetly drop it off to my office, uh, no names, no nothing. Uh, let's get it back into the club and uh, get on with it. Yeah, if anyone has got the chair, um, again, we just want they want the chair back and they want it in good nick. They don't want it to, to be damaged in any way. It's a beautiful kept chair. So uh, it's on our socials. And if anyone wants to uh, get on maybe onto the Eastern Mantle website as well, Eastern Mantle Football Club website, to see that chair. If you love the club, you'll yep. you'll go, oops, sorry, my bad. Yep, 100%. Uh, I didn't uh, know that this was such, a, such an important part of the club's history. I'll bring it back. Uh, yeah, at the end of the day, uh, if you're a decent person and it's a de- you know, it's an honest mistake, let's just drop it off and uh, get on with it. Um, and while I've got you on the phone, a question without notice, did you get your shark back? <laughs> uh, no, we've got the shark. There's plenty of sharks. Um, it's part of the uh, the argy-bargy of pulling stuff off the wall and getting things done. You know, we've got the shark. There's no doubt about uh, that. Okay. Yeah, did it come back in one piece, Siri, or...? Yeah, all, all sharks are in one piece. <laughs> are you being... the, only, uh, the, the only sharks that aren't in one piece are the, the sharks you buy from Cicerellos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. This is a part of Tim Gossip, was it? Yeah, this, this is, is Tim Gossip. It may have gone missing on Mad Monday. It went missing. I know it went missing. And it came back. <laughs> ended and up was, in a pool. It ended up in a swimming pool and it ended up in a car being delivered. <laughs> I can take that Take that to the bank. Hey, should we just uh, have you done any recruiting? Yet? Uh, yeah, they're, uh, they're, uh, they're talking with a few people. Um, obviously, there's a restriction in what you can announce, but uh, expect a couple of uh, announcements in the next few weeks. Good on you, mate. How's the redevelopment going? No patch group have got all over that. Is it uh, coming along yeah, nicely? No, the, the, yeah, the town of East Romano and Brad Patch have done an amazing job. It's been quite challenging in the marketplace. I'm in the building industry, so you can understand timelines and budgets and all that. But uh, the town of East Romano and Brad Patch have done an amazing job to get the ball rolling. Yeah, we'd hope to see some banging and crashing uh, uh, in the next four to five weeks. Good so stuff. It, uh, in some respects, it, it's a bit sad, but then it's also the, reali- the reality of, of securing you know, the club for the next 50 years with a brand-new facility. Yeah, Absolutely. And let's hope you do get that chair back. So if anyone's got the president's chair, blue velvet, um, beautiful wood, it's got EFFC across the back with a football carved into the woodwork. It is absolutely sensational piece, and you can see it on our socials or that of the East Mantle Football Club. Mark, appreciate your time. Let's hope we get the chair back.
Thanks, boys. Good to talk. Mark Stewart, the president of the East Fremantle Football Club. Dave from Bunbury's in. Twinkles and Jonesy are in. Uh, so our syndicate is officially full for Goss Lotto. Good luck to everyone who's going to play. Hey, Ross Lyon, well, we think it's going to happen, like, soon. He met for the third time. And Tom Brown, Tom Brown, Tom Brown, uh, spoke with uh, Ross Lyon before he went in for the meeting at St Kilda. Are you here for a board meeting or are you going to get appointed? Or? Yeah, I'm going to meet the board, so just part of the... Have you got the job? Stepping through the head. Oh, I have thought I'll see you when you come out. Thanks, mate. See you, Ross. <laughs> I still dispute that that's his third meeting. Yeah, no uh, this is probably five or six. Uh, this was this was in the in the making weeks ago. How long does he get to make it work? <sighs> Three years. But you got like you need to understand too that they're not in a premiership window. So he's got. I think they are. They think they genuinely are. Well, then they're delusional. Correct. You have a look at their list. Uh, you got some good players, but they they need a lot more. And so three years, um, I, I don't think it gets done. I don't. I don't think there's anyone around that would suggest that St Kilda could win a flag within three years. They do. It's your club. Delusional, then. Let's be realistic. I'm giving it some thought about mine. How much? How, how long would? Oh, whoa, 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 whoa! What? You're. No, you've been rusted on for a long time. Since 73. It's been fairly well hidden because everyone thinks you're an Eagles man. and um, But you're considering your support of the St Kilda Football Club. Correct. What what, what will tip you over? Next couple of days. <laughs> Five-year deal? <laughs> Next couple of days. All right, so I'm going to give you till Monday. Monday, I think. I reckon you could almost tell us tomorrow, I reckon, because I think it gets announced today. So I think tomorrow we might know if you're still a Saints man or not. It's just been a horribly run club for a long time. Yeah. Horrible, horrible and unsuccessful for a long time. There's a lot of uh, tail wagging the dog stuff going on at St Kilda, and that worries me. A lot of outside noise, a lot of outside voices that seem to have an opinion. You know, they used to have at Carlton. It just seems to be a lot of players, past players with opinions, and and we've all have our opinions, but not too many try and rock the boat and make changes and that sort of stuff. But yeah. have they got the best man? If it's Ross Lyon, that's fine. But they had they got the best man for the job. As I said the other day, <laughs> the Ross Lyon who left Fremantle, if that's the same coach, same person that goes in, well, I don't think they do because I think. I just don't think players can handle his honesty. Matt Brooks is all over the Brooklyn Nets, and let me tell you, it's not too far away because we're going to get on to him because he's got to concentrate. He's underneath the Barclays Centre. In fact, should we go to him right now? Should we go to Brooksy right now? Yep, thank you. Okay, yeah. Are you, are you awake out there, mate? It's talking. He's, he's, he's got... Oh, sorry, he's chasing he, he, something up that we asked for an hour ago. Yeah, he's chasing that up. He's had a lot of phone calls to take. It's oh, been a very stressful morning. <laughs> he has been stressed. Everyone's, everyone's only asking. only one human being. There's only one Chris Clefunas, and there's Justin Lane who sits there. And have a listen to his laugh. Have a listen to this bloke's laugh. <laughs> that's a man that's chilled. Yeah. The other, bloke, <laughs> the other bloke, not so chilled. He's had a fair bit to do. Let's get a break away and come back. 
Scotty, when they say we're talking NBA, we know the basics of NBA, don't we? The very basics. Oh, some are a little more advanced than the basics. But One man who is across everything is, of course, the covered. Nets reporter for Nets Daily, NBA content for basketballnews.com and host of the Clear Out podcast. His name is Matt Brooks, good friend of the show. Hey, Matt, we're excited. I don't know about you, whether you are, but we're going to get a chance to see Ben Simmons. We remember him. Yeah, I can't wait to watch him. You know, we've seen a glimpse of what he looks like on the floor in preseason. There's been some good and some bad. And big thing is just it's exciting to get him actually back on the court. So a lot to watch for tonight. Now you're playing uh, Brooklyn Nets, are playing New Orleans, and it starts very, very shortly. We're speaking to you. You're actually underneath the stadium as we speak. Uh, we're watching you uh, on um, technology. And can you, can you exactly tell us where you are? Can you give us a bit of a tour and paint the picture for our listeners uh, who can't see you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm right, right next to the media room. We got a pregame presser starting up in a couple of minutes probably 20, 30 minutes um, with Coach Nash. And, uh, yeah, so this is a perfect time to sit down and chat and preview the season a little bit. Uh, looks fantastic. For those who don't know, it's uh, the Barclays Centre, of course, and it's uh, one of the big uh, sporting auditoriums in the mm. world. Uh, what are we actually expecting from Ben Simmons in regards to court time today? What are you expecting we're going to see from Ben Simmons? They were pretty non-committal. The Nets were uh, about what, how many minutes he's going to play. Um, he's been playing in the range of you know 30s, low 30s, which is about his career average. So I, I think we'll probably get around his regular workload in terms of what he's doing on the floor. Um, all just depends if he can stay out of foul trouble and, and you know where the game goes. If this game gets out of hand, either way minutes will be a little bit shorter, but yeah, I would expect a regular workload. Well, before we uh, keep going on the game that's just about to start, there has been a couple openers, Matt, and Golden State picking up where they left off uh, last season with a good win over the Lakers, and the big talking point, of course, being Draymond Green, Jordan Poole, who hit that little punch on as you do <laughs> between teammates, that happens all the time, but it didn't look like there was any bad blood on the floor last night. No, I think the takeaway was just the Lakers are uh, going to be it's going to be some growing pains. I think it's probably a good way to put it. Oh, no. um, that game was that game got out of hand, you know, pretty quickly. You could see where it was going. Um, Warriors didn't even play their best. You know, you could call it a championship hangover. But yeah, uh, that game. I think it's just what the Lakers look like. I think it's going to be a long season. Obviously, it's very early, but it, it was it was a tough watch. I think in a way. <laughs> and as, as Scotty mentioned, what about the Draymond Green Jordan Poole stash uh, that we saw last week? Um, it looked as though there was no outwardly signs that they didn't get on. Has that sorted itself out? I mean, from my vantage point, yeah. I mean, it looks like the chemistry is going to be just fine. I, the one thing I will say is I never was worried about Draymond as a competitor. Um, you know, I always kind of felt like he was going to show up and you know put 110% in cuz that's who he is that's how he's kind of carved out a lane for himself in the NBA and then you know Jordan Poole is a performer so i think in that way those two personalities are the right types of guys to kind of get past something like this it's all just about you know whether they can continue to keep uh the vibes i guess within that locker room as you know as good as possible <laughs> tough to do with you Whack someone on the jaw at a <laughs> yeah. training center, but anyway. That's why, look, as possible is doing a lot of work in that sentence. But. <laughs> yeah, it sure is, mate. What about Celtics? Yeah. Celtics uh, took apart uh, the, the 76ers. A couple of things to, to see. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, both hitting 35 points. It's a fair uh, it's a fair double. 
Yeah, yeah. I thought I thought that game was super fun. I enjoyed watching that game way more than the Lakers Warriors game. Um, you know, I think there's a couple takeaways, but the big one for me was just Boston's offense. I thought looked excellent. Um, just so much more comfortable uh, than they had in previous spots last year. It got a little a little stagnant in certain spots, I guess, last year in the playoffs. And this year, it just looked pretty fluid. I liked what they were doing with their star players and how they were using them. Um, and I think that's reflective in both Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum scoring in the mid-30s. That's just reflective of a really good scheme. So, yeah, that was that was a super fun game, though. It was, like, a great way to kick off the season. Matt Brooks, our guest, Nets reporter with Nets Daily and, of course, basketballnews.com and host of the Clear Out podcast, and he's underneath the Barclays Centre ahead of the game, which starts very, very shortly. Brooklyn Nets and uh, our man, Ben Simmons. Well, he's our man until he does well, something stupid or walks away. He was our man, and then we jumped off him because yeah. he was acting like a bit of a... Bit of a twat. Well, now we're, one of we're our prepared men. to get back on board. Well, though. we are, but maybe we should say that our man has always been our man is Paddy Mills, who is much loved yeah. here in Australia. And we're oh, looking yeah. forward to seeing what he does as well. He's got a new deal. How important is he to the team, Matty? Uh, especially in the short term, super important. Um, you know, you got Seth Curry and, and Joe Harris, both are kind of dealing with their respective injuries. So that means the Nets are going to need shooting, and that's what Patty's going to provide. So uh, I expect him to be leaned on quite a bit. I think he's been the first or second guy off the bench in most of the preseason games so far. I wouldn't expect that to change just because, you know, you have Benson on the team. You want to put as much shooting as you can around him. So I do think Patty will be leaned on quite a bit, especially early in the season. And then everything off the floor in terms of the cultural value that he provides, uh, just being that guy in the locker room that, is able to, you know, resonate with everybody. I think that is also incredibly important with him and a big reason why he was brought back. Hey, Matt, are you aware, and I'm sure you are because you're a learned young man, but would, would the fans be aware of the stature of Paddy Mills in Australia as much as we talk about, you know, all the other Aussies are doing well, but where he stands in, in the love of him as a human being and not just as a basketballer in Australia? We'll put it like this. I learned right away he had his introductory presser what, last year, and I don't think I've ever had more tweets uh, from... I, I feel like half of Australia was, <laughs> found my tweets um, and was very positive about him and what he can add to the net. So, yeah, I mean, I think everybody's learned that pretty quickly, uh, but especially all the reporters. Now he's a star on and off the court. There's no doubt about that. Uh, what about KD, mate? A lot of talk uh, in, with Kevin Durant about... Well, he made a lot of cryptic-type comments during the uh, the off season about wanting to get out of Brooklyn, how the fans received all of that? How's he going to how's he going to be uh, received by? Well, Brooklyn fans were fairly honest in their in their appraisals. Yeah, it seems like people are. It's things are good for now. Um, I think that's probably the best way to put it. Uh, you know, he's he's back after an off season of seeing what his options are and putting in a trade request um, that was rescinded, and now. He's been pretty, you know, well ingrained with the team, um, playing within the systems that they've put in place. And he said all the right things as well. And then the fan base as well, I think, has responded pretty well. I mean, that's what happens when you have the best player that you've ever had in franchise history um, wanting to stay or or having to stay. I guess is probably a better way to put it Um, that I, you know. People aren't going to kick him to the curb in that way, I think is the best way to put it. He's so, too good, guys. Yeah, things are good for him. He's too good to say, no, we, we don't want him. Yeah. We don't want him. He's too good a yeah. player. They'll go, oh, yeah. that's okay. He, he, he was never going to leave. Hey, Matt, what about yeah. uh, what about Kyrie Irving? We know that he was uh, restrictive in regards to how he could play and where he could play. What's the situation with him and vaccination over there at the moment? 
Uh, you know, there's, I mean, knock on every piece of wood I can find. There's COVID is for now under control. So he's able to, uh, he's able to play. And that's kind of the situation at the moment. Uh, he's been very locked in. He's in a year where this is his last year on his, on his current deal. So he'll be a free agent next summer and he wants to get a large contract like every single player in the NBA does. So I think that's been extra motivation for him just to come in with the right approach. And, you know, so far, no hindrance because of COVID or anything like that. Right, Matt, you've seen uh, two games. I think that's enough for a professional like you to uh, be able to tell us who wins the championship uh, this season. Uh, that You know what you're talking about, mate. Uh, you gotta, who, who's your pick? Oh, man. Um, <laughs> boy. I, I'm like between Golden State and the Clippers. I might go the Clippers, but I think Golden State's probably a little bit safer just because uh, the Clippers with Kawhi and Paul George tend to run into some injury issues. The, the Warriors, outside of the one year where literally everybody got hurt in the mm. finals, have been mostly healthy. So I'm still going to go with the Clippers. I'm going to go a little risky. I noticed, that you I, whispered, like I, know you, I noticed you whispered that because you were in Brooklyn's heartland right there. Uh, so, so how do you think the Nets will go? And, uh, you know, you can put it in code if you want. Uh, no, I actually think they have a really good shot at making the finals. Um, you know, some things that have to break right, uh, just in terms of there can't be any distractions, any injuries. They need probably the right road in the playoffs. There's certain teams that they might play against a little bit better than others. I think they play a little, they might profile better against a team like Milwaukee than Boston, for example. But if everything goes right, this is a really good team and they have a real chance at making the finals and winning the whole thing. Now they're clearly listening, Goss. There's someone listening to him right now. He's got nervous. <laughs> There's no one around me. Right, there's, sweat, there's sweat coming off your brow. <laughs> oh, we, can, hey, we can see you. The, the audience can't, but we can see you down the, down the Zoom line. Oh, yeah, you've just been going around me. and around. You've just been racking up yeah, no, the steps. He's, doing, he's making himself a moving target. It's real clever stuff. <laughs> and I noticed, it's a panoramic view. I notice you've got the, uh, the Nets colours on in that uh, little uh, lovely shirt you're wearing as yeah, well. You've clever. got the grey, the silver, the black, the white. you got it all covered. Hey, mate, appreciate it. I know you're excited. Uh, preseason is always a bit, well, I don't know, it's hard to get through in most sports, but when they hit to the court, it's going to be absolutely pumping there tonight. We appreciate it. We uh, see your stuff, Nets Daily, and on uh, basketballnews.com, and you can hear you on the Clear Out podcast. All the very best, mate, and may Ben Simmons provide you with plenty of material throughout the year. Thank you. Thanks for having me, as always. He's a good man. Matt Brooks joining us, and uh, we're excited. Just about to get to tip-off. It yeah. is Ben Simmons back on court. Intriguing. But our man, Paddy. Paddy's the man. He's the man. We're here for Paddy. We'll see what the other <laughs> bloke Simo does. <laughs> this is Scotty Ingalls. Incredibly freak uh, accident to Josh, unfortunately, um, playing the second hole at New South Wales, a short par three, um, hit a six on, I think it was, and as he made contact with the ground, the, the shaft snapped um, around the grip area and, and cut into his hand, so, um, yeah, it's not looking good for, for Josh, and, yeah, we've got a bit of work to do and a, a bit of a problem solved this morning around our backup keeper and also a backup batter, uh, potentially um, not going to take any part in the World Cup, but uh, that's all to unfold uh, after I finish speaking with you. It's over. 
spot for Josh Inglis. WA's Josh Inglis is out of the T20 World Cup after that free golf accident. That was Andrew McDonald on Waitley in Melbourne. Safe to say, you got it a bit fat, Goss. He did. And uh, made contact on his tee shot. Could, big, bang. Snapped the shaft. The big news is that Cam Green looks like he's going to get his spot in the team, although they are still thinking about Nathan Ellis and a couple of others. But uh, not too sure you need a backup keeper for a tournament like that, to be honest. I think I'll get by. Don't you? They've got Matthew Wade. Yeah. Yeah, is Alex Carey in the squad? I don't even know now. I don't even know whether he's not in the T20, but he's in the... Anyway, we'll get to the bottom of it. Um, ben McDermott's the other one, or Josh Phillippe even, and Alex Carey. So they're, they're, that's their conversation. Cam Green definitely going to... Oh, I think they'll go with Cam Green because he provides them a bowler and another batter. Nathan Ellis, of course, is speed. And your McDermott, Phillippe and Carey are keepers who can all bat. Hey, we're talking footy now with uh, Gary Kibbertson from the Fleet Network Group, who's coming. Nice to see you here, mate. Good morning. Morning. Good to see you again. Yeah, nice you too. Good to see you. Okay. Beware of the headline. Go on. Are you happy that Ross Lyon looks like he's re-entering coaching with St Kilda? Are you happy is the question. Well, it doesn't impact me at all. So whether I'm happy or not makes no no difference. I'm happy for him if he gets it. Um, Are you really? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. um, I'm not convinced. You're not convinced? On your answer. Based on what? No, I'm not convinced on Ibo's. He's just choosing his words. If you let him finish. Well, whether I'm happy really <laughs> makes no difference at all because it doesn't impact me at all. Um, I think he'd be great for him, to be honest. Like he's, um, Do you think they can handle him? Here we go. There's I don't know. Headline. This, this, I heard you before saying about um, whether the list had handled his honesty. Mm. Um, if they want to improve, I think they have to. Um, what he's done really well, even looking back at Frio, you get the best out of... It's not getting the best out of Fife and Mundy and Pavlich and McFarlane, those no. sort of guys. They do it on their own pretty much. It's the middle five to, to 20 that yep. I think he gets the best out of. Um, it might be harsh sometimes, but I think if you're going to play a professional sport and you want to make a career out of it, if he's going to be hard on you, I think you need to take it on board and, and improve. I think he'll do that. Could they handle what he said to you after your scratch match debacle? Uh, <laughs> I think so. <laughs> they need, or you need to. Like, I got... Um, I mean, I got hit up after that incident in Adelaide, and then I probably played the best footy I'd played for the next 15 weeks. Yep. So whether it was on the back of that, I don't know, but it was um, – I didn't think it was too harsh. No. So, Gary, does he need to find some middle ground in regards to his coaching style? Do you think the game has moved on and, and the, the way you can speak to players and address players either one-on-one or in a group? Has it changed? And you can't be Ross Lyon, but do you think from your experience – he needs to change his ways. Um, I don't know. Th- I don't think he needs to change his ways completely. Um, looking at the coaching styles and the way that um, coaches interact with their players, especially post game. So you'd see the guys that, um, like a Simon Goodwin, you see Chris Scott. They'll come down after a game. They're hugging their players. They're high fiving. They appreciate the win. You didn't say that much from Ross. So he was um, not a hugger. Not really a hugger. No, I don't think um, that's Ross something that looks like it might be. Um, a potential change in him. And he's been out of the game for a little while now. So he might have, he's been in business. He's sort of been working in the media. He may have changed slightly the way that he, um, that he speaks to his players. I don't know. Maybe. Who does he need around him? I'm interested to know, because that seems to be the knock on him, that assistance. Micromanaged everything? A little bit. I've never been in that circle, so I, I don't know. But that's your vibe you get from stages at St Kilda and stages at Fremantle. Who needs to be around him and what sort of coaches or support staff do you think get the best out of Ross or vice versa? 
Uh, it's a good question. I think if he does end up getting the job, it would be great to see whoever his assistants are get a senior job themselves after that. Because you look at sort of Alistair Clarkson, you see all the support staff and the assistant coaches that he's had that have all gone on to do other things. It'd be great to see one of Ross's assistants end up in a senior position after being sort of working with him for two or three years. I've got no doubt his footy brain is as good as anyone's. Still. Um, well, I don't know. From from when he was sort of last at free on when I was there, the way he, and I'm sort of comparing with a few coaches that I've had, but he was unbelievable the way that he thought about the game, his memory, what he could, um, things that he used to bring up from years and years that had gone past about playing on an individual player, something that happened in a circumstance against Hawthorne five years ago. He was brilliant like that. And he was, he worked harder than anybody else at the footy club. Um, so, so I think as far as an assistant coach, he obviously wants to have someone there. I'd be interested to see if someone like a Lee Montagna or a Jack Rewalt or a, not Jack, Nick Rewalt, Lenny Hayes, one of the old players that he's coached with goes back there. Um, but yeah. Lenny's probably the chance out of all of that, isn't he? Yeah, and I think someone like him would be great because you get Ross, who's in the system now, if he goes back there. You get Lenny Hayes, who played under him, made it to a grand finals, didn't quite get one, but he's a prime example Went of elsewhere. hard work um, and where, where it can get you um, for a list that hasn't quite been there yet. What about the game plan? I, I think I think the question you asked there, who he needs around him, is going to give us a really big indication if there's been any evolving in, in Ross's mentality over the last couple of seasons and whether he's going to give people more of a say or it's going to be a you know, dictatorship. And that's probably a too, that's too strong a word, but um, who he has around him, I think, will give us a, a real indication. What about the game plan, though? We've seen in the last couple of years it's become a lot more attacking, it's become a lot more entertaining, and Ross is known as a dour, defensive, choke the opposition, just keep one more goal than them type of coach. Yeah, see, I like that. I like the – if you win a game 60 to 65, happy days. The, the club's happy. The supporters are probably going to be happy, I think. I don't mind that defensive mindset because it keeps you in the game regardless of where you're at. And if you're coming from a list like St Kilda where you've sort of been 8th, ninth, 10th, thereabouts, if you can keep yourself in games all the time, you'll at least give yourself a chance to win. So, yeah, I mean, But is that style going to – be enough in this. I don't know. In, it's in this age of footy. It's it, probably changed a bit. I, I, you you probably can't afford to be winning sixty to sixty five. Now you, you're probably not going to happen all the time. So there is there has to be an attacking element to the game plan. And whether he brings that in from somewhere else, I don't know. But I like the defensive side because it keeps you in the game. All right, and one last one for you. And our listeners, I'd love to get some feedback. Thirteen twelve fifty five or zero four eight seven seven three six seven three six. Temper at bedshed text. You walked in and said, "Has there ever been a coach go back to coach a team that he originally coached?" Now I'm trying to scan. Uh, a list, and I don't think there has been. I don't know whether it be going has back to, to be somewhere, doesn't it? Yeah, I'm not sure. So, uh, if anyone can fill us in, has there ever did been Barras a coach go back somewhere? Or I don't think Parkin did. No, I'm, I'm struggling to find one, of course. Um, but anyway, we'll get to it. If anyone can give come up a name, a name that of a coach that formerly coached his team and has gone back, especially after such an extended break as we've seen with Ross Lyon. A break. We're going to come back, boys. We've given you a bit of a task overnight. Uh, Jose Mourinho, I'm led to believe, has done it. Of course, in the in the soccer, but not AFL. No real football. No one in real football. <laughs> Say that. He can't, he's a soccer man. He loves his round ball. It's okay. No, I'm not. Footy man, AFL. <laughs> I don't watch the soccer. Yeah. Did you not play indoor soccer? No, no, I didn't play indoor soccer. I played junior soccer when I was six, still about twelve. Oh, that's when are you going to be the next big thing? When are you going to be? So, no. When you on Liverpool's 
Jeez, I've chosen the wrong sport if that was the case. <laughs> I would be a soccer man. Before. 19 away from eight. Boys, I've given you a, a, a yep. task. I've gone and given... We've got the delisted players. I've got a cherry pick homes. about a dozen. Find some homes for some of our delisted players. Get in touch with us. 18 degrees right now. Heading for a top of 24. This is Scotty and Goss for Fleet Networks. Gary Gibbetson in the studio. Now, we're talking footy with Gary Gibbetson. Thanks to Fleet Network. WA's novated car leasing specialists. Welcome back, Ebo's here. We're going to race through this, but we have had a couple of calls. Well done, you picked David Parkin. He did go back to Carlton after yeah. four-year stint at Fitzroy. Yep. And there was another guy called Norman Clark. Clark. He went back after one year. I think he went Carlton, Richmond, Carlton, or something like that. So yeah, there's been a couple. Well, there's a few suggestions here. Technically, Norm Smith returned to Melbourne after being sacked. That's Leon from Hocking. Yeah, didn't break his sequence though, Leon. But thank you, thank you for your feedback. Tony Jewel at Richmond. I'll get you to check that one. Oh, mate, I'm trying to. <laughs> Only one man. And uh, Scotty from Bayswater. No, Alan Jean's coming back after illness. Doesn't count. Well, who, who? Tony Jewell, did you say? Tony Jewell. Let's okay. look him up. Are you getting texts from people? Uh, well, with a correct. Richmond St Kilda for two years and back to Richmond. Well mate. done, Westie. Well done. Downtown Denmark. Radio. Yes, well done. Hey, boys, uh, I gave you a bit of a task, and that was to uh, go through the D listings of, uh, of several prominent players and whether they could find homes. We'll go by club order. We do have to race through it, so yeah. be mindful throw a name of the time. I'm going to throw you James Rowe uh, at, St. K- at uh, Adelaide. Small forward, nuggety forward. Does he find a spot somewhere? Ibo, James Rowe. Um, I don't know. I sort of think in that small forward sort of range, when you've got Mitch Crowden who's sitting around there, I see him as being a potential to get another okay. another spot. I don't reckon there's going to be a whole bunch of people that do actually find new homes. But Scotty, fifteen names on my list, and James Rowe's not one of them. All right, let's go. Let's forget Brisbane. Um, but let's go to Carlton. Yep. Jack Nunes is gone, and Liam Stocker is the other one that jumps off the page. Uh, can we find homes for Nunes, Stocker, and even Luke Parks if possible? Well, Stocker's probably the one for me out of those three. Number nineteen in the um, 2018 draft. He's only played 28 games. Who He's, needs him? Where does he fit? I, I think he fits at Essendon. Oh, they need a, he's an inside mid. They need a ball winner at Essendon to get it out. Was he at the, the wrong club at Carlton, do you think? Uh, what they needed? Well, he, sat, they he sat out uh, of the, the pretty much 20 or 21 because of the COVID, COVID stuff. He didn't want to go up to the hub. Mm-hmm. So that probably didn't help his chances whatsoever. But um, if he's a good inside mid and, and Michael Voss didn't rate him enough to play him more than six times this year, then I'm... Be surprised, but I, I think Eston would look They've got a pretty at, good midfield, though. Yeah, oh, they, so absolutely, you, they do. Yeah, if you're up against that sort of midfield and you don't get opportunity, it's kind of hard to say that you're not quite good enough. You might not be good enough for Carlton, but you might find a spot somewhere else. I think he finds it could find a spot at Essendon. Okay, Collingwood, the Brown brothers, uh, Callum and Tyler. I wouldn't know. They could stand up from my porridge tomorrow. I wouldn't know which one's which. I uh, know. Um, I think Tommy. Tyler's the better one. Okay. Oh, I think Tyler was the better one out of Callum, but just starved of opportunity. Played. Um, you can play wing, half forward. And I reckon you're looking at, I know it's sacrilegious to say you go from Collingwood to Carlton, but Carlton, Essendon, Hawthorne type should take a punt no, on Thomas Tyler Brown. Collingwood to Carlton. Yeah, I know. Mick you, you, find, you find a home for, for one of the Brown brothers? I don't think so. Uh, Alec Waterman. Yes. I think possibly. I mean, there'd be limited, I guess, options for him, but I still sort of think mature ages, I like the mature age rookie system because I think almost 26. Yeah, I, I sort of th- I like that. I think if you you lower your expectation of what you might get, but you know what you're going to get, so you can say, look, we need a, a hole for someone there. We've got a, a potential of a, a bit of a list um, spot that we need to be replaced. Alec Waterman's that kind of guy. Connor Blakely, Mitch Crowden. Uh, yes, for both. Uh, Mitch Crowden, 
I think probably has a little bit more upside than Connor. I think due to his age and his miss, he hasn't had the opportunity really to play. Connor Blakely has played enough footy to see what he can do. Um, I think he's still got a, a possible to be in, in a spot, but I think Mitch Crowden's played more upside. I, I agree with that. Mitch Crowden's probably the one for me. He's uh, played 40 games, third in Peel's best and fairest. He was top two in possessions for Peel, um, and I reckon he could find a spot in Adelaide. When you get delisted by a club like Geelong uh, and you're around mm. the mark, it's um, you, you, you've got some upside. He's still young, quitting Narkle. Yeah, I think so. And Geelong have probably been the best of any club of picking up um, – older, mature-age guys and, and finding a spot for him. I think he's he's the one of that list that could do the same thing. He could go somewhere and find a spot. I'm not convinced. 41 games for 18 goals. Um, and he's a small forward type player. So I'm not completely convinced on Quinton no. Jared Brander didn't make it at the GWS. I think he's struggling. I, I think he I think West Coast did a well to offload him and, and sadly just didn't mm. measure up at GWS. If you can't measure up at GWS with what they had going around, then it's probably the curtains. Probably. I wouldn't mind putting Jake Stein in there as a little smoky. As the yep. decathlete, try and get one, he's 195, 196 centimetres, someone like that who can move and um, could potentially find a spot. I don't know he's going to be for everyone, but um, athletes like that, you like that, get a, a we'll, blue calves type. We'll remember that. Martin Frederick, Port Adelaide, delisted brother of Michael. Uh, West Coast were keen on him, apparently. I don't know. If he's anything like Michael, it'd be great to see him go. Well, he is. He's, he's strong. He's tough. Similar strong position. with a bit of speed. Um, I think there's potential there uh, for someone to grab him. He's actually not similar position. Plays down the other end, 14 games in what, four, four seasons. Wrong club. Or any struggle. He's a wrong club. Uh, Sydney Stack, any chance? Would you take Sydney Stack? Um, the rap sheet not geez, you'd have enough. to interview him a hell of a lot yep. um, because he can play. Under 18, All-Australian, and then didn't get drafted that year. That that says plenty, and then some indiscretions Yeah, I think well. you need to get him in as a train-on, let the club see him train, let them see what he's like, and then they Very can make a, a decision point. on that. Good point. All right. Very good point. Make uh, him earn it, seriously. Earn I guess it. from yesterday, Mitch Wallace, would you go around? He's almost 30. Yeah, I, I would if I was like a North Melbourne. Um Ball winner, gets, can kick goals, great leader. I think someone at, like at North Melbourne. Yeah, I think as a, the person that he is sort of makes it. I kind of see him like a Matt DeBoer comes in and goes yeah. to GWS, yeah. will play a role, can tag, is a hard inside mid. Looks after himself. Looks after himself, great around the club. I think you can have someone like that for a couple of years. couple of West Coast, Jackson Nelson, Patrick Nash. Nash is keen to go around. Nelson's played 100 games. Or 50 games? 100 games. Um, I'm not convinced on Nelson, no. I don't think he gets picked up. I think he'll be a very good waffle player or VFL player or SNFL player, not at AFL level. Agreed. Nature, I hope so, but he needs he needs the space and and outside ball use. Clubs have still got to dissect their lists further. Short and sharp for that, boys. Hey, Ibo, always great to have you in, mate. We still might be talking about 102 games he played, Jackson Nelson. Thank you. My mind uh, escaped me. Thanks for coming in. Fleet Network's Garrick Ibbotson. A break. Come back to wrap things up. This is Scotty and Goss. Repeating the news, Josh Inglis is out of the T20 World Cup after a hand injury, a replacement to be named later today. Adam Gilchrist will join us tomorrow. What? He'll be previewing the World T20. Uh, Hear all the action on SEN. Cox Plate preview. Oh, beauty. Cox Plate's a great weekend there at Mooney Valley. Oh, it's a cracker. Good luck to everyone who's in the Goss Lotto Syndicate. Yes. Hundred million dollars Good luck to us. If we're not there tomorrow, you'll see You just got a whole two hours of Velcro sound tomorrow. (laughs) Means we've cashed in. Yeah. See you in St. Moritz. See you later, boys. Well done. Fantastic show. It worked bloody hard today. Lois. Special. Back tomorrow from six. <laughs>